You're listening to The Bunker New York, live on RBMA Radio. Hello, I'm Brian Kasnick, and you're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. I'm here this New Year's Eve with special guest R. Rose, who will be joining us for a DJ set in about a half an hour. In the meantime, I'm going to play some tracks and uh, we'll be back to you soon. Again, you're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio.
listening to The Bunker on RBMA Radio. I'm your host, Brian Kasnick. Uh, I've been playing some music for you. The track that's ending now is Donato Dazzi, Quadra Nove, which will be the first release on The Bunker New York, hopefully out sometime in January of next year. Before that, Acid Rain with Acid Rain 1, and we started the show off with Our Rose with The Stare. Uh, and our Rose is also our special guest who will be up in about 15 minutes with a guest DJ set. And coming in now, uh, this is a track off of the second release on The Bunker New York in 2016, which will be a Patrick Russell remix EP. This is his remix of Zemi 17. And a couple announcements about parties. We have a party tonight if you're in New York in Queens at Trans Picos. It's The Bunker Limited with Patrick Russell. Myself, Nahal Ramchanjani, Ken Meyer, and our special guest, LA4A. More information on that and all of our activities at thebunkerny.com. And coming up on January 9th will be our 13-year anniversary in New York with Function, Inland, and Postscriptum doing an infrastructure in New York showcase. And in the bad room, Carlos Souffrant and our resident DJs, Mike Servito and myself. So stay tuned. We'll have our rose up in about 15 minutes. I'm going to play a few tracks in the meantime. This is The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio.
listening to The Bunker on RBMA Radio. I'm your host, Brian Kasanik. Right now we're listening to Rodhad with Planet Der Verlonen, Verlonen on uh, his own dystopian label. And before that, uh, Patrick Russell remixing Zemi 17, upcoming release on The Bunker, New York. And now our special New Year's Eve guest, is R. Rose, who's going to be joining us with a DJ set starting pretty much now. So stay tuned for that for about the next hour, and then we're going to do a little interview after the set. Again, this is The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio, and uh, welcome to R. Rose.
to the Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. Uh, we just heard an hour DJ set from our guest, R. Rose. That was amazing. Thank you very much for that. Um, we generally start the interviews for all the gear nerds out there by asking what uh, what kind of setup you're using here, because everybody everybody uses a different setup these days. So. Yeah, not nothing too fancy, just a computer and a couple of small controllers and an iPad. Is the iPad a new addition to your setup or you've been using that for a while? No, I've been using that pretty you much have. pretty much okay. the whole time. Yeah. So is this does this um does this setup differ a lot from what you use in the studio when you're producing your music or is that No, it's pretty similar. I do almost everything in the computer these days, so Okay, interesting. And how how much prep do you put into a, a DJ set? Because I've al- I've always thought of you as somebody who does a lot of preparation for these sets. Um, but this was a, a like a pretty strange set. I think probably quite different from what you would do in the club. And you came in here on pretty short notice and did that. So is that something that you can just do, or do you have to like do a lot of prep on your tracks and ahead of time um this particular set was a little more improvised than normal i kind of had an idea of some stuff i wanted to play but um usually when i play out i i do spend a lot of time thinking about what i'm going to play and even in what order for long sections of it um for each gig i tend to yeah i tend to prepare a lot um and sort of work out how things mix together um different tracks um there's usually some sections where, um, you know, where it gets more freeform, but but I do a lot of planning. You're right about that. Right, and you're generally not really like you. I, you also I know like to do more. Not really compressed sets, but maybe compressed by most people's standards of what you know headlining DJs are doing in a club these days. Usually do like what an hour or two, right? Yeah, yeah, um, and I think that's because I think. The sets tend to be more tightly composed, and um, and so I'm kind of exhausted after an hour or two usually. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. And and hearing you play, it's yeah, it's I, I usually find that it's a very, even though it's maybe shorter than some techno headliners are playing, it's it's usually a very uh, satisfying length. Um, and what what we're hearing in the background right now is a track from your the album you released in 2015 uh, this year last day of this year having never written a note for a percussion for our friends at uh further and uh, maybe you could speak a little bit about the idea and the process behind this album because it's really again like totally different from what maybe 
people would expect from you and definitely different from what they would hear in a nightclub setting? Sure, yeah, it's it's very quiet in the background as it starts quietly. But, yeah. <laughs> um, this is, um, it's based on a composition by the composer James Tenney. Um, you could call it a composition. It's more of a conceptual piece. It's a diagram he wrote on a postcard, a score, um, that shows just basically one long crescendo and decrescendo. And there's a symbol in the middle for hold and it says very long time at the top um, and it's for an unspecified percussion instrument and uh, normally it's performed with a gong or a tam-tam and um, I kind of always wanted to perform this piece, it's one of those that you don't need any kind of virtuosity you just need s sort of to be able to concentrate for a long time um, and uh, when I lived in Washington D.C. I ended up going on a tour of these tunnels, these abandoned tunnels under the city. And um, when I got down there and heard the acoustics, I kind of immediately thought this was a place I could perform this piece. And so I organized a performance of it. And uh, it was just for a very small group of people. It's You can't really legally have a performance down there. So it was just about 10 or 15 people. And I invited them to record as well. So um, the album became... Uh, one side was the recording done in the tunnels and um, using one of the recordings that somebody made. Uh, and the other side was a, a version of the piece that I did at home, um, keeping the mics very, very close to the gong and just capturing like the purest um, sound of the gong without any room acoustics whatsoever. So there are two very different um, approaches to playing the piece and recording the piece. How do you get into an underground tunnel in Washington, D.C. with a gong? Because we, um, you performed this piece earlier this year at the bunker, and it's, I can't remember the exact size, I'm sure you know, but we had to get like a pretty large gong to make this happen. I hadn't really thought yeah, about that, this till now, but I'm thinking of going down a manhole with... No, you, <laughs> you don't have to go down a manhole, but... Uh, and there's a door that goes into it, but you have to go walk sort of down an underpass on a very, very narrow sidewalk um, uh, alongside some, some pretty fast traffic. So um, it's a little bit precarious, but uh, we made it in there okay. Okay, so is it, when you perform this piece, is it a kind of meditation? Because, uh, again, when I was fulfilling the tech writer, when we... Uh, had you perform this piece in a church in Manhattan. Uh, uh, it was definitely the first time that I had to procure a meditation pillow for the artist. Yeah, well, um, definitely. Uh, the piece kind of puts me in a trance when I play it, and at, at a certain point, because um, you're doing this repetitive motion with your arms, um, I find that at the sort of peak when it gets really intense, um, it feels like my arms are just sort of going on their own, um, that I'm not even consciously sort of controlling them anymore, that they've just become this automatic motion and uh, like something else has taken over my body. It's a pretty intense feeling. Do, do you almost, is there like a way you had to almost work out or practice to be able to do that piece for half an hour? Because I know for myself, if I even like, if you just, without even having to do anything with your arms, if you just kind of like raise your arms after, I don't know, a minute or so, it starts to 
at least for me, it gets pretty painful just keeping my arms up. Yeah, I mean, half an hour isn't that long. Um, there's some soreness at the end, but it's not that bad. I did practice it quite a few times, and, and normally when it's when the piece is done, it's like 8 to 12 minutes. So my version is, as far as I know, the longest um, that's been recorded. Right. So that was your big release in 2015. Uh, as we go into 2016 tomorrow, are there any uh, upcoming releases, gigs, uh, label things on your own label O that you're excited about and want to talk about at all? Yeah, sure. I I, um, I played a couple of things that will be coming out next year on my label O. Um, a, a live performance by a duo from San Francisco um, using modular synthesizer and pedals and feedback machines and whatnot. Um, so that will be uh, kind of a versus 12-inch with uh, the, the live recording on one side and my remix on the other, which I also played in that set. Um, I have another collaboration coming up with an, an artist from Los Angeles. Um, I guess I'm not going to really talk about names until it's confirmed because I don't have the material, but a couple of collaborations um, sort of where people give me material, I remix it, and then um, I put the original on one side and my interpretations on the other. Um, so there'll be a couple of those releases coming up. And um, I have just given a track to um, Stroboscopic Artifacts for a split 12-inch um, with uh, Kang Ding Ray. Yeah, and you've released with them before, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I may even find myself branching out a little bit more with other labels next year. Um, but I won't go into detail about that yet. Okay. Well, um, thank you so much for joining us. Any um, last words for people as we approach New Year's Eve here, 2016? Um, hmm. <laughs> Be safe. <laughs> Okay, well, be safe out there, everybody. Have a good night tonight. Again, we're doing uh, a party in New York if you happen to be here, and we will have some tickets at the door. It's the Bunker Limited at Transpicos with LA4A, Patrick Russell, Nahal Ramchandani, Ken Meyer, and myself. So it would be great to see some of you there. Uh, tune in next week. We're doing uh, a special 13-year anniversary party uh, radio show in advance of the party on Saturday with guests who I can't mention yet, but it's going to be an exciting show. Uh, I'm going to play a few more tracks here to end out the show. And again, right now you're listening to Our Roses having never written a note for percussion on further records. This is The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio.
you're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio as we bring things to a close. Uh, the last couple tracks I've played, uh, right now you're listening to October versus Voodoo Down, Las Modelos, October's 12-month dub on the Voodoo Down label. Uh, before that, Romans with Imona, that's on The Bunker New York, and started things off after the Arose interview with a made-up sound with shrinks uh, thank you for joining us uh, have a happy and safe new year's celebration tonight and join us again next week we'll be back here on rbma radio next thursday from 4 to 6 p.m eastern standard time again this is the bunker new york on rbma radio thanks for listening mm-hmm.